0: sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got to cover. And now on with the show. My guest today is Tracy Bissett. Tracy is a financial fitness expert with 20 years of experience in the financial services industry working with personal, commercial, and corporate clients to help them achieve their financial goals. She's the founder, president, and chief financial fitness trainer at Visit Financial Fitness, Inc., and the executive producer and host of the podcast, Young Money. Tracy is also a professor in Centennial College's School of Business program. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy.
1: Thanks so much, Diane. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you here. This whole idea of financial fitness is such a great one and and so necessary for uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners, you know, I mean, everybody, but especially (laughs) (laughs) these folks. (laughs) Um, So I wanna dive right in and I am curious what you are seeing um, in terms of like the biggest mistakes you see entrepreneurs making when it comes to their finances.
1: Absolutely. Uh, It's such a great question. Uh, The first thing I see is either complete delegation of the financial side of the business to someone else, or kind of the head in the sand, if I just keep busy, things will work out. Um, So there's no real accountability in either of those cases uh, for the financial side of the business. And I I really believe if you're not taking control of that side of the business, you can't really hit your goals or or anything like that. Um, Second one probably see is this commingling of personal and business expenses. Um, So it really makes a big mess and it's hard to figure out what's going on in your business. Um, and then we can go on and on, but those are the two big ones that I see. And, and really that stepping up and taking accountability is so critical.
0: All right. So let's talk about this accountability. What, what,
1: what are the tools that like a
0: small business owner needs so they can understand, you know, like what their financial position is costing profits, you know, and, and (laughs) making real money from their business.
1: Yeah. So uh, the first thing I want to make sure all the listeners understand is it's it's not your fault if you don't know. Um, because a lot of times I'm I'm seeing people who are embarrassed or ashamed that they don't know about the business finances. But where would you have learned? If you went to, to school beyond high school, you probably were studying your craft and you're passionate and excellent in whatever your business is in. So high school didn't teach you. And certainly your program probably didn't teach you. So um, let's kind of dispel that myth right away that you should know. So if you're going to get started, which I absolutely think that you should, some of the tools that you may make use of, depending on the size of your business, uh, if you're you're getting started in your relatively small business, you can use Excel to get started. You don't even need to get into an accounting software. Um, But what I would highly recommend is that you do start um, the journey of learning, whether you take a course, whether you work with a, a business coach, you actually get an understanding of what your, your financial results are, what they mean, how to tell if you're making money, how to assess your pricing. I work with entrepreneurs in the, across all industries and small business owners, sales up to typically $2 million at the high end. And the, the biggest thing I see across 85% of my clients is they're not pricing their products or services profitably which in turn means they are always struggling with cash flow. They're not getting steady paychecks. They're usually very stressed because they're not living up to commitments they've made either to people in the business or to their families. And it's just uh, something that doesn't have to happen. If you can get your eyes on, on your pricing, if you can do it before you start all the better, but it's never too late to, to get on that. I'm
0: so grateful that, that you just said so many things there that um, <laughs> <laughs> that it's not their fault. Uh, that this is what happens, right? People go into business because there's something they're good at and they don't know any of these other parts because no one taught them to them. And so, okay, let's own it. But also that they're not pricing their product properly.
1: Yeah, that's a really big one. And the the biggest one, if you're a service-based professional is not accounting for your time. So I really encourage people to, even if they're going to stay a solopreneur, but think about it from the context of if you had to pay someone else to do what you're doing, what would that amount be? Because it's fine, you can say you've got 24 hours in a day and you'll work as long as it takes, but really think about it as a business versus a hobby and get clear on what is your time worth? What would you have to pay somebody else to deliver that service? Um, maybe you're not getting paid for all those other hours where you're working on your business or doing the admin and stuff around it, but at least on the delivery portion, make sure you're, you're factoring in your time.
0: Yeah, right. It's so important. I, I find so many small business owners focus on revenue and not profit, and then wonder why they're not.
1: Yeah, that's a hot button for me. I think our culture and social media really hypes the revenue and we might see people celebrating big launches they had and, and that top line, that revenue number. And I actually don't care about the revenue. I care about the bottom line and how much is actually getting into your pocket. Um, Because a lot of times when you're doing big launches, if you've got lots of ad spend, you're losing money. And so we want you to have a profitable business so you can hit the goals that you have, not only for your business, but also in your personal life. That's the reason you you went into business for most people. So um, let's figure out how you can do that. And sometimes it actually means... um, making some changes to your offering, maybe pricing a little bit different. And you may, in some cases, I've seen people work less and actually make more money because they've got their, their cost structure in check.
0: (laughs) It's fascinating. (laughs) I think people are probably listening thinking, wait, what? I can work less and (laughs) more?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's possible. So when you know your numbers, there's a unlimited amount of things you can do to make small tweaks in your business. It doesn't need to be wholesale changes.
0: That's great, too. Uh, so it's not so overwhelming. So, so let's talk about how does someone or how should they be analyzing their financial statements? Because I think this is one of the things, one of the reasons why people don't take ownership or accountability, because they don't know how to use their, the financial information that they're getting, and it scares
1: them. For sure, so the first thing you need to do is have access to your information on a regular basis. And so for me, that's monthly. So as a business owner, I don't think you need to do your own books every month. You can certainly hire someone to, uh, to do them a bookkeeper. Um, as your business grows, you certainly want to make sure that bookkeeping is in an accounting software so you can have access to it. But it's not just hand over the stuff and then never look at it. As you said, Diane, we want to then, when we get the information back, analyze it. So um, one of the first things you can do if you are working with a bookkeeper or an accountant, you can ask them, when you look at my results, what do you see? How do I stack up compared to other people in in the same industry as me? Are you seeing things that I'm doing especially well? Are there things that are concerning to you? And by not having necessarily all of the, the technical knowledge or the lingual or the language of finance, all of a sudden you're able to get to tap into their expertise and get some insights So that can help drive where you're going to look at things. And as you said, we don't want to just focus on revenue. We want to look at trends, whether we're looking at year over year, or we're looking month over month um, to see what's happened and and then take action if we need to. We don't want to wait until the end of the year. And and now we've got these annual financial statements and it's too late to do anything. Uh, We also want to pay attention to our cash flow. So it's great that we've got our revenue and our expenses and we might be highly profitable on paper. From an accounting standpoint but if we're dealing with a lot of corporate clients who don't pay us very quickly uh, we can quickly run into a cash flow problem and have a cash flow crunch and our business can kind of go up in smoke in as quick as 90 days if we don't have any cash coming in we don't have access to credit and we don't have any of our own personal resources to put in so cash flow is just as critical to analyze and knowing that cycle with your customers as is the the income statement and looking at that revenue and expenses
0: Wow. I, I, It's so, um, I, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I just, I'm not even sure how to say this, but, but I, I just love this, um, how you're pointing out certain things that people don't think about, right? Like mm-hmm. if you have corporate clients and they don't pay when you want them to, you know, do, are, are you covering payroll with loans or, credit cards because you're really floating them while you're waiting for people to pay you.
1: Yeah. And small business owners can't afford to do that. So if you think about it really simplistically, when somebody doesn't pay you for 60 or 90 days, you're really acting as their bank. (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah. you, you can't afford to do that when you're a small business owner and so thinking about even before you start your business like I'm a huge proponent when you're getting started to creating a business plan and, and validating who's your client validating your idea make sure that client wants to pay that amount uh, for what you're willing to offer but also to think about the mix of the clients you're going to have you might be offering the same service but what would be the payment terms associated with maybe different classes or um, distinctions of clients or individuals or smaller businesses versus those corporates? And what do you want that mix to be? And if you're thinking about how that cash is going to flow, um, the easiest way to figure it out is to just trace through, okay, I'm going to make an agreement with Diane today. I know Diane's a big corporate. I might ask her before we start business, uh, me providing services to them. What's your typical payment? Um, terms and how long does it usually take? Then I'm going to kind of trace that through. So I'm going to deliver my service. I might have to pay my staff two or three times before I actually get the money in from Diane. And so I can actually just trace through that one customer. And then when you're thinking through the kind of the buckets of, of customer types you have, then you can kind of figure out what's that cash flow cycle and what does that mean for your business. Because uh, as I said, you can be highly profitable on paper, but if you don't have the cash, uh, which is really the fuel of the business, if you don't have enough in to keep the engine running, uh, you're going to run into problems.
0: Right, and that way you can find out. If I'm hearing you correctly, that way you can find out. Wow, am I really, you know, heavily loaded with customers whose terms are long? Exactly. Right.
1: And then you can consciously when you're focusing on your business development efforts, you might think, you know what, I want to kind of build up now on the smaller business side, I want to balance that out a little bit, or maybe I want to create a new offering where I get paid monthly in advance of providing ongoing service, and you might play around with your payment terms and, and so it's going to be different for every business based on the Mm -hmm. industry that they're in, based on what's acceptable, But from my experience, um, unless you're really off the mark in terms of what other people are doing, you can do things a little bit differently as long as you're clear and transparent up front and you have that conversation so that when you start going into business with people, everybody understands. Um, The other thing that can impact it, which I see predominantly with service-based entrepreneurs who may bring on um, subcontractors to help them with the delivery So maybe it's a coaching program and they bring on associate coaches. Um, Maybe there's some clauses in your contracts with those subcontractors where they don't get paid till you get paid. And so having those dialogues up front can really help your cash flow. So everybody understands you're waiting for a big corporate to pay you. The money doesn't flow to them until it comes from the original customer.
0: Yeah. And while those are... Potentially difficult conversations to have, having them up front, as you said, just, you know, really laying it out so that everyone, including you, uh, are making um, informed decisions. Exactly. Right. Then that, that at least you know what you're getting yourself into.
1: Plus, if it's not acceptable to someone, then you're having that conversation. It's not like you're going to try to switch it up later. It might prompt you to choose one associate over another if they're willing to do that. Or um, you might figure out another possible solution. And and for me, communication, transparency on all of these money things is super important. Uh, As you said, they're often challenging conversations. But if you keep them very issue focused, uh, it, it avoids a lot of challenges in the long term.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and it's part of business ownership. And yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Whether you're a seasoned designer or a total novice, with Visme, you can create engaging, dynamic, branded content that makes people ask, how did you do that? Visit tinyurl.com slash to explore. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all Audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business so I want to sort of flip it a little and, and ask you, okay, so what are entrepreneurs doing right with their money? Even things they may not realize they're doing.
1: I love that. And uh, <laughs> most often when I talk with people or we we start having a conversation about what do they need and what are they looking for? And they'll tell me I'm terrible with money. I'm good bad at math. I don't know anything. And And I'll ask them how long they've run their business. And if they tell me anything more than kind of two or three months, I'll let them know that they know how to manage cash flow. So they might not talk about it the way that I do. They might not use the language of finance that I use, and they might not do it very efficiently. But if you've been around for for more than three months, um, especially if you're you're getting into the one, two, five-year marks, you absolutely know how to manage cash flow, and you want to give yourself credit for that. So if you're listening, really give yourself a pat on the back. Um, because you know more than you, you think you do. and you've built up this little bit of foundation, you have a sense for that cycle of the way cash moves in and out of your business. You're finding a way to make sure you have enough on the days you need it. So um, I really want business owners to give themselves credit for that.
0: Wow, that's great. And, and w- they wouldn't think about that because they feel like they're, you know, swimming upstream all the time.
1: Absolutely. It's really unusual. Um, yeah, I was in um, banking for many, many years. And so when I started my business, I was great at like three things. And I quickly learned I needed to know about 50. So I went out and got some help to support me with all the other things I didn't know. But for some reason, when it comes to the financial uh, side of the business, people have a shame and embarrassment around it versus trying to learn about sales. Or trying to learn about marketing. Like there doesn't seem to be so much shame and embarrassment around that. That's just, a I got to learn it. And so I would love for more business owners to kind of adopt that mentality that I don't know. And I, and I just have to learn so that I can be as successful as I want to be.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's part of the reason why uh, we're having this conversation, right? That, to mm-hmm. really let people know that, A, this is happening all the time everywhere. B, you can do this. I mean, look at what you're doing, right? And and you know, it's not as scary. And here's really what what it comes down to. So, yeah, it it, it's a it's a meaningful conversation for us to be having now. And I think it's the kind of thing that will be true for a long time.
1: Absolutely, and it's always really inspiring and amazing to me when I sit down with a business owner, whether it's in person or virtually, and. Maybe you're talking to a contractor, you're talking to some other kind of business, but they can rhyme off like their quotation process in their head. They know all those costs and and they've really got a great handle on it. But because it's not written down and because they're not looking at it from like a financial lens, even though it is math and that's fundamental to their business, um, it doesn't quite, the connection doesn't get made. Um, But business owners are very knowledgeable about their cash flow cycles. Um, So a little bit more effort, not a lot. And certainly digging in and knowing your numbers, you can make those modest tweaks in your business to make money, be profitable, get paid consistently. And the other thing that's super important is that you don't have to do it alone. Um, I'm, I'm not suggesting people have to do their own financial statements or bookkeeping. You can hire someone at a minimal expense to do that. But the key is that then you look at those numbers and you use them as you move forward. You can certainly get training yourself to bring up your financial acumen. And all of that is within reach and very possible.
0: Right. And I wonder if some of what scares people is um, the the language around it, that, that Um, They hear these words, and while they're actually monitoring those things and doing those things, they're not thinking of them in the same vernacular. So then, when they hear, I'm I'm using air quotes and saying you know accounting (laughs) terms, right? That then they're they're thinking, oh, I, I don't know that, so I must not know.
1: Exactly. And so when I'm working with business owners and we we go through their statements. I'll ask them to walk me through a transaction with a client, and then I'll show them on their statements how it shows up. So you have your sale, so whatever that price is, you charge them. Then there was some variable cost, those costs that you, you incurred because you sold it. That's where these show up. Now we're talking about your your gross margin, and so they know those things. Uh, but seeing them then. Aligned with the numbers they've been seeing and with those words. Um, One of the questions I get asked the most often is what is the term EBITDA mean? And it's just a fancy term for um, your cash flow in your business. And uh, usually it comes into play when people are talking about selling their business because uh, businesses will also will usually sell at a multiple of that number. And so um, it's not necessarily relevant for everybody, but everybody yeah. wants to know that one because they've heard that and they feel like they're missing out because they they don't know. So um, be curious is my other piece of advice yeah. to, to ask questions. And um, when you don't know, you don't know. So I can guarantee once you start asking the questions, they're going to flow because you're going to keep building on the knowledge that you're creating. And, and for me, financial fitness is all about increasing your financial base and foundation and then going from there wherever you're starting is okay Uh, and just keep asking those questions and you're going to continue to get more comfortable and confident Um, and it doesn't actually take very long to get to a place where that kind of shyness or or um, concern around asking questions disappears because now you know enough and you know that it's okay to ask whatever you don't know and remember that
0: the the people you're getting your knowledge from don't know, you don't know what you know in your business, in your Mm -hmm. industry, right? They would have to ask questions about that as well.
1: Yeah, and I, w- I would say that you want to make sure if you are trying to get educate yourself that you make sure that the people you're asking that that's what they're up for and that's what their role is. A lot of accountants don't like to provide that kind of service. They like to do the numbers and produce the statements and do the tax returns. So if you're expecting your accountant to walk you through and give you this financial education, um, that might be a, a misalignment unless when you're setting up your um, business arrangement with them, you have that conversation and that's what they want to provide. Uh, cause if they're going to do that, they're probably going to charge you some more money. So don't have expectations on people, ask the questions, tell them what you need, make sure it's a good fit. If it's not a good fit, get a referral from somebody, you know, of an accountant that they like dealing with, uh, work with a business coach who can help you. Um, so find the right person to help you because they are definitely out there.
0: Oh, that is such a good point. Thank you for that. That, that is Great.
1: Today, we're speaking with Tracy
0: Bissett about the importance of financial fitness in your business. So I, I want to shift a little bit to um, what an entrepreneur can afford. So how can they, well, is there a way for them to really be certain what they can and can't afford in their business at you know, any given time?
1: Absolutely. So at, when you're getting started and you're, you're creating a budget, so your revenue and your expenses, um, having that set ideally for the year, uh, given in the last year, it's been very challenging. Things are quite uncertain. Even if you can look ahead for six months, take a look at your revenue and expenses, and then plot it out from a cash flow perspective. When is that cash going to make it into the business? And when are all your outflows going to go out? So those monthly subscriptions to all your different softwares, your internet, your rent, whatever you have. And once you've got that set up uh, in Excel, it doesn't need to be super complicated. I encourage business owners when they're going to make a business decision, um, whether it's to bring on a new employee, whether it's decide to buy a new piece of equipment, whatever they might need, save a new version of that forecast of your cash flow and put in those numbers that that are going to come into play because of this decision to see what would happen. And when you've got that already Mm. built, you can do that in really quick, like five, 10 minutes. And actually see the financial impact of that decision, which can help inform then what you want to do. So let's say I wanted to bring on a new employee uh, next month or in two months' time, and I knew what their salary was. I can plop that in there for the month that's going to start, I'm going to start paying them. And I can see do I have enough cash to deal with that at that time or or not? If I don't, what can I do to get that cash? How many sales would that then take to, to plug that hole? Could I potentially borrow some money to do that? Maybe could I bring them on one month later? Um, What are all of the things that I can do to brainstorm? And when you can see um, potential opportunities or issues that are a couple months ahead, you're able to come up with so many more solutions and you can talk to other people to brainstorm solutions as opposed to you make a decision and then all of a sudden one day you have a problem and you've got to do something immediate. Your options are, are limited at that point. But when you're using the numbers to help inform you uh, in a very quick way, I'm not not asking people to spend all these hours kind of figuring it out. Um, you can make those informed decisions that make you feel confident, help you drive your business results and give you that uh, peace. And that anxiety really goes away.
0: That's a great strategy. And, and I love the example of Whether you can bring someone on, because I know that's a huge question. I I hear it all the time from entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. you know, should I build the revenue first or should I bring the person in so then I can build the revenue? And so this this is a great strategy for being able to see what that impact would actually be.
1: Yeah. And then it depends like if that person's going to be a salesperson, um, you would expect them to produce pretty, pretty soon. But if they're going to be taking stuff off your plate, you might be paying out for a little bit while you're then freeing up your time because you've got to train them. So that, that, those two scenarios, even for the same decision would have a little bit different impact, but all of a sudden it becomes very easy. You can quantify it with the change of one or two numbers in your spreadsheet. And now it's more about the strategic thinking. Do I think I can bring on those clients to pay for that? Uh, What are the other options? Who might I talk to? Who might have made this decision before that I can get some ideas from how they handled it? Because now we're moving into action and implementation without being really paralyzed and not sure what to do.
0: Right, right. It's great.
1: And I can, uh, can say from experience that when you don't know your numbers, the worry of what they are is often far worse than the actual situation. <laughs> and so um, you can see it. I mean, everybody's seen business owners who um, look frenzied. They look frazzled. You can tell they're distracted. Their, their mind is on something else. And so when you're worried about the financial position of your, your company and, ha- and also how it, that impacts your personal life, you can't focus on what you need to do best, right. which is your customers and your business. And so you want to have a hundred percent focus on that. So do yourselves a, a favor, get that education that you need, figure out where you need to start and then really focus all your energy on, on what you excel at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that that's really great advice. And, and let's talk some about the, you mentioned before about these uncertain times and, and they, truly have been. and I was in a, a meeting earlier today where we were talking about customers uh, making decisions because of these uncertain times or, or not making decisions, you know, not pulling the trigger on things. and um, so do you have some suggestions of you know what would be good cash flow planning strategies, especially because of what companies are going through
1: right now? I think you want to do a review of your your offerings. Make sure there's still things that resonate with the current times and will either they're still valid now or they will come back again. And then Mm -hmm. if if there is an opportunity to create something new that's still within the realm of what you were doing, but that serves an immediate need, you always want to be listening to your customers and what do they need right now and what can I do? Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about it almost from like a cash trigger point, what can I do to generate cash this month? So what can I easily do? Who do I know who might be able to buy it? Um, there might be a downside if they don't because if they're waiting on that decision. So really look at what's going on in the externally and then figure out how you can fill that gap. Certainly um, saw a range of things happening over the pandemic. Some customers were, were slow to make changes. Some were just happened to be in an industry where everything was going gangbusters, so, so no trouble. Um, but some were able to pivot and fill an immediate need And I know certainly that um, if you're working with corporate uh, right now, there are um, shorter buying cycles. There are immediate needs that they're trying to fill now because they turned the taps off over the last year and now they're ready to spend. Lots of spending happening on leadership development and training for managers, leaders, staff. Um, So really understanding what industry you serve and who those people are and what do they need right now and, and, and presenting it to them in a way uh, might be the same offering, but you're presenting in a different way to help them see um, how valuable it is to them. So uh, what what can you do now and then still think, get your eye on the long-term?
0: That's great, thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's so. that's so interesting because that was really part of the conversation this morning was, you know what, get out there and get curious and find out what people need right now. And if you can provide it for them, great. If you can introduce them to a resource, great. Whatever it is, but be having those conversations because a lot of times companies don't necessarily know what they need right now or the impact that it would have on their business if they went ahead and did something right now. And so just engaging in those conversations can be tremendously valuable
1: in your own bottom line. And it's really easy. People want to talk about their challenges Uh, And there's so many webinars and presentations. So if you're a bit shy at first and you want to gather some information about um, in general, there's there's a lot of opportunity to do that. You can listen to podcasts like this um, where you can hear people talking about and get a few nuggets so that when you go to have those Mm -hmm. conversations yourself, you already feel armed with some information. So it doesn't need to be so scary.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about financing, because not all companies need financing necessarily, but I, I do want to touch on it just for those that do or, or feel like they do, are, are there is there particular information that they should be gathering and making sure that they're knowledgeable about?
1: Absolutely. So first of all, I'm a huge proponent of everyone having access to credit. So it doesn't mean a lot of credit, but I think that when you start your business or when you're in business, you wanna have the, the credit reputation of your business grow as your company grows. So at a minimum, you've got your business bank account, you're going to get some kind of credit card and you're going to have either an overdraft or a line of credit. So I think that applies to everyone. Whether or not you go on to need larger amounts of credit will certainly depend on your business. If you're in an inventory-based business, absolutely, you're gonna need access to credit because there's such heavy investment usually upfront. When you're applying for credit, if you're starting your business from scratch, um, you're probably going to be approved on the basis of your personal credit score until they have time to get to know the the history and the track record of the company. So that's why establishing that, that credit relationship right when your company starts is important. You're going to want to have your financial statements as you continue on in the the growth of your company and as the years go on. They're going to be looking, uh, the lenders will look not only for annual financial statements from an accountant, they'll also be looking for um, however many months to date you have since your last year end. And they're going to be looking at that. If you're looking for, say, a larger line of credit that's meant to bridge um, those cash flow timing differences, they're probably going to be looking for a cash flow forecast. So if you've already been using one and you already have one prepared, you're all set. You're just going to provide it to the bank. And I know from having lots of years of ripping apart cash flow projections and, and seeing if the assumptions make sense, they're not looking for some perfect picture. They're looking for something that actually reflects what's going on in the business. So like we talked about with those corporate contracts, if you've got a high proportion of those and everybody pays you in 90 days, but you show all your cash coming in and in the same month you make the sale, they're going to look into that and that's going to then raise questions for them. And where the questions actually end up landing is on management credibility. And so they're not looking for some good news story. They're looking for what is realistic because they're trying to see when you can pay back the money or what should the. The usage of that line of credit looked like. Um, so it's not about trying to outguess them and, and figure out what they want to see. It's about presenting the, the situation accurately. And as you know it, I mean things change and people understand that. The other thing I would say too is to have a working knowledge and be able to speak to your financial statements. So if two years ago you had a loss Um, be able to talk about why, why did that happen? What did you learn from that? What changes did you make in the business? Um, What have you learned so that if you detected that that situation was starting again, you would make some different decisions. And so saying, talk to my accountant, that's not really the right, right thing to do in that situation. And I've heard that many, many times, but get comfortable being able to talk about your business in context of the numbers. You don't need to know all the nitty gritty of every little item, uh, but know the story and be able to speak to your management skill and and what you've learned and what you're doing uh, to drive things forward because they want to be able to trust you and and put faith in you as they're lending the money.
0: That's terrific. Thank you. And thank you for the, the, you know, clarification around everyone needs certain levels of, mm-hmm. of business financing. You're absolutely right. And, you know, it's, I appreciate the definition, you know, of what those things are. Um, Tracy, I really appreciate this. Th- this is such great information. It's clear, It it's easy to digest, it's, and at the same time, uh, comprehensive. I mean, I just, this, this is really terrific. Thank you so much for sharing this with, my listeners.
1: Oh, you are welcome, Diane. It's my pleasure. I get I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. I get a a kick out of helping people. Uh, It's what I've spent my career doing. And um, I find it really inspiring and interesting to see all these different businesses and what people are up to and what they're able to create out of nothing. It's, It's great.
0: Well, and you can tell by, as you talk about it, that you do have that passionate about it, but also that, that you are very good at it. So will you let the listeners know how they can find you and, and what you've got going on?
1: Absolutely. So um, best place if you want to reach out, I'd love to hear comments or get questions on LinkedIn. So Tracy with an E and visit with two S's, two T's. Um, because I'm such an advocate for you getting in touch with your numbers, uh, I want to share a gift with you, which is a money meeting agenda. So even if you've never looked at your numbers monthly, you can get started right away. You can can download this money meeting agenda at cashcoach.biz. And so if you, you head over to cashcoach.biz, you can grab that and then you'll be right on my website and you can check out everything else that we've got. Uh, we have um, free trainings ongoing, so you'll be able to get information about that. And we'd love to have you join us.
0: Oh, that's terrific. Thank you. I'll make sure that that link is in the show notes as well. So Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. Listeners, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis.